This podcast was recorded at State Library Victoria on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Hello, welcome back to In Those Days. I'm here with Christina Adams. Hi, Penny. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Great. Now, recently, the National Library of Australia released their Trove strategy and they had some different scenarios about how Trove might be in the future, depending on how much funding they get. Um, but they also had some stats in there. Oh, I love some stats. Thought I'd share it with you. Have you pie graphed them? <laughs> I haven't. The first thing, Trove has six billion cultural heritage items in the digital repository. Six wow. million. And from 900 Australian collecting institutions. That's insane. Mm, okay. I know. And mostly it's libraries at the moment, but they kind of would quite like to sort of extend that out to other cultural and collecting institutions, which could be an exciting direction for them in the mm-hmm. future. Now, Trove gets nearly 64,000 visits per day. That's a lot. Mm, and only around 10,000 of them are me. So that's Wow. <laughs> How many times do you log on? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I'm just constantly. Okay, constantly. (laughs) Always got a Trove tab open. (laughs) And the average user time spent on Trove is six minutes and two seconds. That's not you. No, that's definitely (laughs) not me. But that's actually really quite high because most other um, organisations, two minutes would be really, really good. Mm. The fact that people are spending that long. Obviously, I've never spent only six minutes. No, because you go down a lot of rabbit holes. Yeah, particularly not at bedtime. No. <laughs> I find three quarters of an hour just goes like that on Trove and then I'm like, oh, it's late again. And then again. you're tired and grumpy mm. the next day. It's time for us to introduce our next guest who is a physiotherapist. She's a lover of travel and the life of the party, I think. Mm. It's my sister, Marianne Tangi. Hi, Marianne. Hi, thanks for having me. What a great intro, Pen. <laughs> it was solid. Did I miss anything important about you? Yeah, you can sum me up in three words, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for those of you who can't see, Penny laughed so hard her headphones fell off at that point. <laughs> Miss, have you used Trove much? Only in preparation for this event. Yeah, Marianne cheated and went and searched. I was I was worried Were about... Were you freaking out? Yeah, I was worried about a blight on my professional integrity mm. if I um, didn't have a quick yeah, look. because we are going to be talking about um, Marianne's uh, professional area today, which is Marianne's a physiotherapist. We are going to be discussing an anatomy generally today. Mm. This is not specific medical advice for anyone. Mm. And if you have any issues, you should go and see a health professional. Or write to Dolly Doctor. Or write. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even if you don't have any issues and you just want to know a bit more about it. Yeah. yeah. And what, which area of physio? I'm a, I'm a pelvic health physiotherapist, so I help people with their bladder and bowel and mm-hmm. um, sexual function. That really freaks me out. <laughs> Christina and I are very mature and we'll be fine. Mm. If I was told I needed to come and see you, I would probably need a lot of sedation. (laughs) She's very good. (laughs) I don't want to talk while you're inside. (laughs) (laughs) I've told Marianne that. I've given her some feedback Mm. on the physiotherapist. We do like to have a conversation during examination. It's just a a friendly chat. If we're finished and we're now just chatting... 
take your hand out. <laughs> yes, no need to there, rest there it in there. There is a reason. And Even I in winter. Marianne, explain it, professional reason. So the reason you suppose we wait between contractions to give the muscle enough time to relax and then contract mm. again. So if someone's got tension in their muscles, sometimes... I would be very tense. <laughs> Sometimes you are waiting 10 seconds for the, oh. yeah, for, to allow the muscle to recover before you ask someone to do another contraction. Right. So oh. it's not actually just the social occasion. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering, Marianne, if maybe you should tell people what the pelvic floor is before we begin. Sure. So the pelvic floor is a muscle in the bottom of the pelvis. It cre- it's a, um, creates like a hammock in the bottom of the of your pelvis and it's quite a large muscle. If you put your two hands together, it's about that size. It goes from the front of the pelvis all the way to the back. Um, it's got a number of functions. Pelvic stability is one, um, but also it helps to support all the organs and keep them in your body. And what you need. Which you need. And also when it squeezes and relaxes, it helps with um, both sexual and, and continence function. Mm. Mm. No one likes the thought of a prolapse. <laughs> Yes. But they happen and it's very... Yes, they do happen. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Pelvic organ prolapse, a vaginal pelvic organ prolapse is when the pelvic organs start to come down into the vagina. Okay. Which is not where they should be. <laughs> I've only ever seen it happen in chickens and ducks. But <laughs> well, Christina, I'm, you're living a privileged life. I am. I am. <laughs> I had a duck have prolapse surgery once. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, don't I have a cloaca? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> was it? What kind of price was it? Yeah, well, it was all hanging out, so I don't really know, but I paid quite a lot of money to have that fixed at the vet. Oh. So, that's that's the kind of person I am. Big and yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would have been uncomfortable. Yeah, yes, I hope they, that duck did its kegels after that. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, she came home with a routine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then I, in my search strategy for this, I tried to, I just looked up pelvic floor in in trope. Not a lot of articles Mm. and there's a few reasons for that, I think. Um, Back in the day, not necessarily the same understanding of the anatomy. Um, Women were just vessels. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, And then also even if it was understood medically, maybe not going to be published in the paper because considered taboo, you're not going to talk about it. And then also they would use different terms as well. So, but nevertheless, I did find some articles under pelvic floor. And I think it's interesting to go back and and look at those now. Um, (laughs) And this is also particularly good because Christina is a horsewoman. Is that fair to say? I'm not quite sure what the connection is here, Penny, but yes, I do ride horses. Yes. Yes. Because I oh God. have you ever given much consideration of whether you should be riding a stride or side saddle well, as this a is, woman? This is interesting because I remember um, in Year Ten Science, my teacher decided to bring it to everyone's attention. I don't know why we were talking about hymens; bit weird, <laughs> bit weird in Year Ten Science. But she pointed out that quite often people who ride horses. Won't have a hymen because they'll have broken that. Oh, that is at- by sitting on a horse, and I have never felt more targeted or stared at in my entire life. Back side saddle. Yeah, Christine, Marianne, <laughs> can I ask if if you ride a horse, are you still a virgin? <laughs> can you get now, pregnant in a spa? Now, <laughs> that depends on the definition of uh, sexual intercourse. If you. 
Are we talking heteronormative sexual intercourse? <laughs> oh. <laughs> when no, when do not. you become a not a virgin? Yes. I did used to have a writing instructor who said if you if you found peeing easy after your lesson, you hadn't written a, like properly. So there is some mm. um, mm. something behind that. Um, so in general, so there's some activities that require you to um, create tension in your pelvic floor to create a base, a stable base to work from, and horse riding is one of those. And you need to relax your pelvic floor to urinate. So yes, that makes sense. Mm. Okay, so shall we get started with this article? Yes, please, because it's called, it's titled "How Should Women Ride." And it's from the Adelaide Mm. Advertiser on the 13th of July, 1914. The recent order of the German emperor requesting the wives of all German army officers to discontinue the practice of riding their horses astride gives new interest to a question on which doctors and other scientists have long been sharply divided. So this was a big question that people were wondering. Surely they hadn't been considering it for too long because it would have been so taboo to even consider astride before that. Well, I think it was becoming very trendy from basically from the start. Because mm. well, like, it's, not, it's not actually unbalanced and weird. <laughs> no. Are we going World War I kind of era when yes, so this, this cavalry is, and... Yeah, but this is the emperor, the German emperor, who was the leader at the start of the First World mm. War. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe he should have been had better things to think about, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was his side hustle. Yeah. He was really into it. Um, okay. On the one hand, are authorities who claim that habitual riding astride is a serious menace to a woman's health. The new seat they maintain involves severe strain to the abdomen and tends to displace certain vital organs or at least to weaken their supports. Does it displace vital organs, Marianne? Oh, any impact sport would um, cause some movement, but if you've got the right support structures and your pelvic floors and then you should be able to withstand those forces. Mm -hmm. Mm. On the other hand, are authorities of equal eminence who say that riding on a side saddle results in curvature of the spine and other deformities. It is, they further charge, dangerous to the rider because there is greater danger of her being dragged in case the horse falls and bad for the horse because it is more liable to make the animal's back sore. Just a quick comment. Mm. When do women's posture change the most? When they're bearing babies. Yes. They're worried a little bit about horse riding but not about pregnancy. No. Right. Well, that had stopped the line. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point though, Marianne. Yeah, it's you know? the biggest problem women are facing. No. Um, I will say I learned something about side saddles. Do you know much about – have you ever had, tried a side saddle, Christine? I have once. I did Extremely not uncomfortable. Realise yeah. Alarming. a side saddle – is not simply sitting sideways on a saddle. No. There's a little hook for your leg to go over. It's very precarious I feeling. I had no idea. Yeah. So you're not – I always just thought they just got up there like it was a chair. No. Very alarming feeling. Do you have much control over – I felt I had none <laughs> doing that. Yeah. Um, it was just a – I guess it was a bit of a fun thing um, – Someone had one and their horse was used to it and we had a bit of a fool around with it, but Mm. it it was very alarming. Okay, so then the article, the rest of the article is basically quoting um, from The Lancet, a medical journal, with the conclusions from that journal. 
So no doubt with the old-fashioned style of riding habit and stirrup, there was a very considerable risk of the rider being dragged if her horse fell, says a writer in The Lancet, in summing up the various arguments for and against riding astride. But with the modern safety skirt and safety... <laughs> safety skirt? <laughs> and safety stirrup, this danger has practically disappeared. I did try to find out what a safety skirt is and basically it just seems to have buttons along the seams and I don't <laughs> understand That makes that it very safe. Oh. What's wrong with a pair of pants? Yeah. What's wrong with Velcro? <laughs> yeah. Well, that hadn't been invented then yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand. But anyway, they did seem to feel that this skirt was a very safe skirt. Right. Um, I will have to investigate. <laughs> Because I went me, Mary Ann. Well, I feel wearing, like maybe I'm wearing an unsafe skirt. I'm a bit scared. Skirt? Yes. Oh my gosh, we're all wearing. Yeah. Not safety accredited. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It goes on. It is usually said that a good lady rider on a side saddle is in no danger of being thrown unless her horse falls. Mm. No doubt the seat is very, a very safe and secure one, but it is more difficult to learn to ride well on a side saddle. Did the men ever try them, do you reckon? I don't think so because they're alarming. And, I mean, the the idea that you're never going to get thrown, you're on a 600-kilo animal that's petrified of its own shadow. It doesn't matter how you're sitting on it. At some point you're going to get thrown off. You've been thrown off. Oh, yeah. I I actually had an X-ray done recently at a chiropractor and she didn't know anything about my history at all and she took one look at my coccyx bone and she said, do you ride horses? <laughs> I said, yes. And she goes, yeah, because you've obviously fallen on your ass hard a lot. <laughs> yes, I have. So she said, your skeleton would be what would be put up at university and we would be asked, what sport does this person do? <laughs> and that was me. So, yes, so I've fallen you're, off You're an example. I'm a shining example. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> At first sight, it might appear that the astride position, involving as it does some separation of the thighs, oh. would cause relaxation of the muscles of the pelvic floor and so predisposed to displacements. No, that's, well, mm, yeah. this is a ye olde, old, ye olde. Ye olde thing with a tiny, tiny element of truth in that you do feel more apprehension when your legs are widened if you do have a prolapse. Because mm. it opens the hiat, like the hiatus between mm. the, the muscle, so a little bit, right? But yeah, I'm I, still not on board with this. Yeah, no. I I am actually quite scandalised by the use of the phrase separation of thighs. Get some get mm. some anti chafing shorts <laughs> on. <laughs> In the case of a rider with stirrups of the ordinary length and with a proper seat, there must be an amount of pressure on the pelvic floor more than sufficient, in our opinion, to counteract any relaxation due to the separation of the thighs. Further than this, whenever the saddle is gripped, as it instinctively is, the contraction of the muscles of the thighs is accompanied by a contraction of the muscles of the pelvic floor. Is that true? Uh, This is a... a, This is where the misconceptions come from, this one article. You know all those thigh buster... Things that you used to be able to get in the 80s, you yeah. used to win them and people come in, I've been doing my pelvic floor exercise, I've been doing my thighs. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you get a little bit of co-contraction, but no, that's not isolating your pelvic floor. Right. And do you know the other thing is you're actually not supposed to be gripping your saddle. I, if you're actually riding yeah. properly, you should not be gripping on with anything. And then the other thing is like what, percent, like what percentage of body weight is going down through the pelvis 
compared to mm. stirrups. Mm. You should have your weight basically through your feet. Yeah. Imagine. I'm very. I mean, with the lance. Yes, very disappointed yes. with the lancet. Was it a medical person who wrote it rather yes. than a horse rider? Yes. Ah, yes. Hmm. Although you'd reckon they'd all had a go in 1914. Yeah. <laughs> Not many other options for transport. City folk. Yeah. yeah. And their buggies. Yeah. 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 At the very time, then, when a displacement appears to be most likely to occur, for instance, in taking a jump or restraining a restive horse. The thigh muscles maintaining the grip upon the saddle come into action. Their contraction is accompanied by a corresponding contraction of the muscles of the pelvic floor and any tendency to a displacement of the pelvic organs is in this way counteracted, as we discussed. Yeah, but you could just turn your pelvic floor... Like, it's a reflex, you know? I guess in in life, if you're hanging on to something for dear life, you're probably not worried about what your pelvic floor is doing. No, quite right. <laughs> and it's not going to be a sustained thing. But it, it's an automatic reflex. Like if I cough, my pelvic floor turns on beforehand. Yeah. yeah. If, and you, if I jump and I land, my pelvic floor will support me when I And land. that's what I was told like with returning to running after having a baby, yep. that you shouldn't be thinking about your pelvic floor when you're running because you can't. Do you have trouble turning off your thoughts about your pelvic floor? <laughs> No, I'm very disciplined okay. about it, Marianne. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. day, every day. Yeah. I love doing it on a Sunday too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why Sunday? Today. Yeah. Oh, because get lots of reps in. <laughs> um, and you don't go to church anymore, so. No, what else we got to do? Our objections to riding a stride for women, if we were asked our opinion, would be based not upon any possible danger of injuries to the pelvic organs, but upon the view that the seat is not nearly so secure a one for the average woman rider as that on a side saddle, and because the danger of being thrown is much greater. No. I feel like you're not... That's a really lame argument. Yeah. I'm just not on board. No. Still not. At the same time, the risk of being dragged if thrown is certainly less. Although with a properly made safety habit and stirrup, even on a side saddle, this risk is a very small one. Any danger of injury to the pelvic organs when riding astride must be associated with the greater insecurity of the seat, which we don't agree with, and the increased risk of being thrown and not with the position itself, which we do not think in the case of a healthy woman is likely to have any injurious effect upon the pelvic organs. So, Marion, is there anything that horse riders should be aware of with their pelvic floor? I don't... Have they had babies or not have babies? Yeah. Don't have a problem? Have they got risk factors? Like, there's a whole range of consideration. So, you'd be... Yeah, that that's too hard to answer. Yeah, it's, it's more about your individual circumstances. Correct. Like, yeah, to my knowledge, riding a horse one day a week... <laughs> I don't know if anyone's done a study to that <laughs> yeah. to see if it increases your yeah. prolapse. Yeah. It's more about your anatomy and how many babies you had and if you've had forceps deliveries and if you've got constipation, straining all the time, those mm-hmm. things. Yep. Cool. Sorry to bring it down. No. Yeah. <laughs> Once you mentioned constipation. <laughs> well, that is another very important factor with the whole area. Yes, yeah, and um, apparently 30% of people have dysenergic defecation where they uh, or defecation dysfunction where they don't know how to appropriately relax their anal sphincter to poo. Wow. So, or they're straining to poo rather than just relaxing, mm. letting go. So, you know, it's a common thing. 
Yeah. Wow. And we're not taught about it in schools. And this was from a weekly column by Hygieia. That's who they said wrote it. Um, a pen name on health, which was published in the Brisbane Courier. And this article is from the 14th of May, 1932. And it's a weird article and it starts off as a dialogue between the columnist and this person who they're calling the professor. Oh. And we're going to skip that bit because it's confusing and I don't understand it. There's a limerick <coughs> and there's some very offensive stuff. Don't ever put a limerick in. <laughs> That's a good general rule. Yeah. yeah. They don't make sense. That's the whole point. No. They did have a very frank discussion, though, about exercises that women should be doing for their to help prepare for maternity and for their pelvic floor. Uh, and so I thought it would be good if we could discuss these with Marianne and see if there is any benefit to some of these, okay? Well, this is good. Prolapse <laughs> is not my specialty. I'm moving yeah. into things I yeah, do every good. day. Okay. Good, good. Yeah. Exercises in development. Plenty of exercise, especially pelvic floor exercise, during the developing period of a girl's life is one of the best preparations for maternity and investigations have shown that it is a sedentary rather than the strenuous life that makes for menstrual disorders and irregularities. Oh. Are they talking about teenagers? Yes. Oh. They're talking about women, uh, girls should be preparing for their ultimate role in life, Mm. obviously, to have children when they're teenagers by doing their pelvic floor. I mean, pelvic floor is a lifetime commitment, but (laughs) (laughs) I... I can't imagine that that form of preparation so early on would be needed. Needed. No, maintenance. You know, you you optimise your pelvic floor and then you maintain it by doing exercises a couple of times a week. I mean, they could do that. Mm. Anyway, he, he goes on, and I'm assuming it is a man, but there is a happy mean. It has also been shown that violent exercise... Violent. (laughs) ...particularly competitive games and races Mm. or excessive physical strain... Settle down, ladies. mm, ...undertaken during menstrual periods may do a great deal of harm. Gross. Uh, That is inaccurate. Oh. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. You can't have five days off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're right to violently race your friends. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. There is increased risks of um, injury during certain types of your menstrual cycle due to the hormone changes. Um, And we're working out that a lot more now, a lot more recent um, evidence about that in regard as uh, female sport becomes more professional. Mm -hmm. So maybe they were preemptively way ahead of of their time. Um, (laughs) Highly like. But, yeah, nah, keep, keep exercising. Okay, the second half of exercise is deliberate rest and rest or only moderate exercise is certainly indicated for these few days at least. Ooh. No, and look... And don't wash your hair at that time. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's definitely not in line with the Australian guidelines for physical exercise. Okay. I have also heard it said that the athletic girl has a bad time at her confinements, but this is not true... Provided, of course, she maintains the tone of her muscles after marriage. Oh, is anyone else oh, feeling a little bit yeah. ill? Yeah, <laughs> I feel I've Ill. had a bit of vomit in the back of my yeah. yeah. Girls that have shown marked leadership during their single life sometimes surprise their friends by <laughs> going to pieces, but the cause is not physical. It is generally an indication... Of hysteria. 
That's right. Send them to an institution. Yeah, you're right. It is generally an indication that the girl was at all times highly strung. (laughs) Oh, this is brilliant. And that even her leadership resulted from emotional excitability and enthusiasm, Mm. which gave her first place among Stada companions. Yes. So basically, if a girl's showing leadership, she's knock her down. Knock her down. Probably just annoying and bad. And she's yeah, she's just not a good person. And ultimately, she'll be a shit (laughs) mum. Yeah, she's gonna be a shit mum with a loose pelvic floor. (laughs) That's right. She's gonna fall to pieces. Yeah, physically and mentally. Adequate exercise and adequate rest for the abdominal muscles are of special importance to all women. The abdomen has a musculature set in three layers, crossing one another like three plywood. Yeah, they're talking about the abdomen. They're That's talking about true. Rest. Yeah, yeah. While the pelvic floor, floor mu- the, while the pelvic muscles form a definite sling. Well, that's true. That Isn't is it? true. It's That's a hammock. Yeah, yeah. that was the okay. cupping of the hands earlier. <laughs> yeah, no one got to see that. Yeah, so we're, we're all we've all been cupping our hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, the normal functioning, position, and development of the internal female organs depends to a great extent on the tone of the pelvic sling and the abdominal muscles. Yes, that's true. Oh my god, <laughs> the strain of bearing children puts these muscles to the keenest possible test. Is that true? Yeah. The straining during childbirth? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it is in order that they should not give under the strain and in order that they should subsequently regain their tone and their shape, which do so much to make up the figure, Oh. that women mm, should da-dang. keep them in a constant state of excellence. Ew. I like – so I, I agree that they should keep them in, in a, a constant, constant state of excellence. But so they look hot at yeah. all times. <laughs> Rationale. Yeah. Yeah. So you look hot or so you're not wetting yourself? Mm. (laughs) I don't know which I Yeah, it's hard to pick a priority, isn't it? (laughs) There is no need, even in the woman who has borne half a dozen children, for flabbiness, sagging walls or the stretched white lines that mark many an abdomen. Yeah, no. Isn't no, that just stretch marks? Your mark? pelvic floor is not going to help your stretch marks, I everyone. Think they have confused a few different issues there. To be Correct. Honest. Wow. Correct. No, I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted. So I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Yes. <laughs> mm. It's important women just keep on as good breeders, good looking breeders, isn't it? it yeah. That's basically mm. the aim. Mm. You please, please yep. your husbands, husbands. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, if you yeah, if you're lucky enough to yeah. outlive your first husband, give another one a go. No, you probably die in childbirth. Oh. Yeah. Then to corsets. Or while you're riding a stride. Sorry. <laughs> that's right. Quite right. Quite right. In your safety skirt. Yeah, that's right. Then to corsets and supports have mm. a very definite, though a limited function in assisting muscles to bear an undue strain and particularly the strain of childbirth or the strain on a seat after an operation for appendicitis or in similar conditions. On the other hand, it must not be forgotten that the muscles are all sufficient if adequately developed. Well, if unduly compressed, they not only waste, but worse still, the intermittent pressure causes fat to be laid down. Oh. Ah. Is that <laughs> true? You okay. squash your so, muscles and then you... No, so the disuse, you get conversion. So oh. if you if your muscles start to atrophy and your muscles decrease and they're not 
working, then yes, you'll have a change in the tissue composition, so you might feel more soft. Okay. Um, but they're not wrong in that using braces in the long term does mean that you don't have to use your natural support system, your muscular, your muscles as much. Oh. So um, maybe it does lead to disuse. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. So now we're on to the massage and exercise program. Good. We are hoping to get your professional Good. opinion on, Marianne. Okay. <laughs> it is not mere selfishness for a woman to take care of herself. Correct. Thoroughly mm. before she bears a baby. I don't know if at other times you're allowed. <laughs> no, it's all about bearing of the baby. Mm. No, only in the fertile years. Mm. Yep. She regains her strength and independence much sooner. She retains her youthful appearance mm. and figure much longer. Critical. Mm. She is not liable to suffer from nerves and she certainly makes a more even-tempered and cheerful mother. Good. Basically, it's okay to look after yourself if it makes you more attractive and less of a pain. Mm. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and I have given all of these exercises that are listed here a go, which Good. is oh. why I am looking so cheerful. And yeah, I wasn't sure today. what what What's, had changed, Penny, yeah. but I'm glad you, you got a glow about you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, here's the first one. It is an advantage that much can be done in the way of massage and exercise while lying down and after oh, the bath. Oh, yes, I see what's going to happen mm-hmm. here. Lying flat on the back without a pillow, for example, raise the head from the bed as if trying to look at the toes. Look, doing a crunch. Ten mm. times to start, increasing to 20. So it's like a very little crunch. Mm. Tiny. Functional, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that seems fine. It seems like it is the beginning of a... Are these, when are these, are these pre-birth? Yeah. yeah, you can do some crunches if you want. Yeah. Okay. Little. How did you find those, Penny? Did you find them rewarding? They're not pregnant at this stage. This is prep for pregnancy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, I, it was fine. I mean, my physio made me do something that was slightly harder, so it wasn't. But you're advanced. Mm, yes. So. But I don't think I've been doing them properly anyway. We won't go into okay. it. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that. Yeah. I'm a bit like concerned. You can get on the floor down there. Yeah, yeah, that area. Mm. Secondly, bring bend the knee and bring it up towards the chin. Now grasp the ankle and straighten the leg with some force, drawing the <laughs> palms of the hands firmly up the back and sides of the leg towards the body. Repeat this exercise two to four times with each leg. Is that, is that a massage? Is that what we're going for here? I think I so. I would not relax during It that. just felt like stretching your leg up in the air. To me, and it didn't seem to have much to do with I mean, the abdominal muscles or pelvic. I'm a physio, yeah, so I'm very good at visualizing the anatomy and, yeah. and people, and that you know that's quite tricky. I feel like my, I don't have. Yeah. sorry, Christina, I don't have great flexibility, so it was hard for me to get my leg up in the air as well. Yes, and grabbing my ankle. I'm wasn't really easy. No, I'm glad time, time to changed. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't seem like it's very functional or. Mm. Practical. I'm, I'm assuming that are they helping with swelling of the legs when you're pregnant? Is that what they're trying to do? I don't no, know. this is pre-pregnant. This is your teen girls are doing this. Just oh, no. just getting ready. All women are meant to be doing this, but yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Next, contract the abdominal wall and then allow it to relax, repeating this 20 times quickly. This should be done in time with the breathing at first. But as you gain control of the muscles, the movement becomes... You're doing that now, aren't you? I can see. Mm. So contracting the abdominal, I mean, 
you're going to want to make sure that you're doing it properly because people could interpret that very differently, couldn't they? Yeah, you could. You could. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're talking about the transverse abs and the, mm. the core stability stuff that you do in Pilates. And that, is that what they're saying? It sounds like they're timing it with the breath like you do him. I'm not I don't sure. Know. That's it's very confusing. what we're trying to achieve apart from being mm. more cheerful. And yeah, <laughs> and approachable and more pleasant Amenable. company for your husband. <laughs> yeah, well, they haven't found one yet. No, they but they're working on it, <laughs> putting in the hard yards. They're right. Okay, fourthly, take in a deep breath and now breathe it out, forcing all the air out of your lungs with a steady contraction of the muscles of the stomach. Then let the muscles relax and breathe naturally again. Repeat this several times, morning and evening, and you will find that with practice, enough control is gained to contract the muscles without having to expel the breath every time. Is this, is this like a mindfulness exercise? I don't know. It's very confusing. Focus yeah. on your breath. This is the best one, though. After the bath, when up, <laughs> do the following exercises. Bend forward and downwards. Place the open palms on the insteps. Draw the hands firmly up the legs and trunk and over the breasts. At the same time, taking a deep breath through the nose and throwing the head back. Then bring the hands around under the arms. Uh, You've lost me. And go gently down and back to the ankles, touching the skin all the time. Ew. Repeat this as frequently as you can, short of fatigue. I could do that all day. You're just standing still and running your hands over your body. Yeah. I mean, it's probably good for spinal mobility. And you look like a dickhead. (laughs) You get a little hamstring stretch. I mean, it's not bad for you. That's correct. But not essential. Not essential. (laughs) None of these are doing any damage. It's good. Yeah. Okay. So... At the, that's all the exercises, and then at the end of the ex, at the end of the article, the um, columnist and the professor have a little more of a chat, and the professor says, "Oh well, that would be good, but women won't do it because we're lazy or stupid it, mm. he's or not, hysterical. <laughs> you just don't know." He doesn't <laughs> clarify about, yeah. but they're just, and then he does another limerick, which doesn't make sense. No, this is nineteen forty-two. No, this is nineteen thirty. Oh, that's two, I think. This is like before Kegel exercises were invented because that was in the late 40s. Was it? Yeah. Well, weren't the Swedes massaging pelvic floors around that time? Oh, were they? Of course they were. So (laughs) they're aware of the pelvic floor. They're aware that it's important, but they're maybe not targeting it very well with their exercise program. Now, it's not surprising, male and female pelvic floors work in different ways, so they don't know how it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're the ones writing everything and they've got no idea because they don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> and, Marianne, do people usually do their exercises? What? Uh, it depends what the motivating factors are. Okay. depends how busy they are. It's, it's a whole socioeconomic, you know, what are things going on in their lives? We look at things from a biopsychosocial perspective. Mm-hmm. Lots of reasons. Yeah. But, yes. People do in the in the pelvic health scheme. If people show up for appointments, they generally do their exercises because they're there for a reason. That's interesting. That's good, and a reason that has a lot of value to them. Yeah, and because I imagine there is sometimes a bit of a barrier for people to go along to an appointment in the first place. Yeah, there's lots of barriers from the way the health service is set up, 
the cost if you want to go privately, how people awareness of the pelvic floor and the importance of it. And people don't know how common issues are either. And so because people don't talk about it. No, it's so true. Yes. It sounds like, you know, having a prolapse is this terrible, very rare thing that probably only you have, but actually there's probably heaps of people that Yeah, that's know. correct. Yeah. So with pelvic organ prolapse, up to 50% of women can experience prolapse over their lifetime. Mm. And then maybe only 6% of those people would actually have symptoms and, and, and like, know that they've got a prolapse, but when you examine them... They do have some degree of... Mm. Yeah, so that's that's right. Like, so many people have got these things going on and we just don't talk about it. Mm. People are pretty good in mother's group. They have a chat in them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know what's going on in a mother's group, but maybe even before that or people who aren't parents or... Yeah, and same with incontinence as well. Like people really act like adult incontinence is like the worst thing. That Oh, you could never admit, you could never talk about it. But it's actually really common. And um, That's correct. And then the other side of thing is normalising it. Mm. Like you get people coming and saying, oh, yeah, but I've had a baby so I'm going to wet myself a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Don't you know, yeah. I've been expecting this. But it's treatable. Mm. Mm. It's, yeah, so what would you like people to know about? Is there anything you'd like to say finally about pelvic floors or pelvic floor health or yeah there's, so there's a couple of great resources that you can look at if you've if this brings up anything for you they cfa not the country fire authority <laughs> the fire the pelvis it's all linked <laughs> <laughs> that's right probably the the most important thing is that if anyone has any questions or queries or issues mm. that they reach out for help so there's a a good website, the continents.org.au, which is the Continents um, Foundation of Australia's website with great resources and lists of um, ways you can access support. And like we said earlier, like continents is co- in issues or pelvic issues are common but not normal. So. Mm, yeah. So and look, we probably help. are as guilty as anyone. I think we've done some nervous giggling um, <laughs> during this. <laughs> Only a little bit. Oh, yep. really? You know, we've got <laughs> to talk about it and it's... And I find it hard to, like, listen to those articles because, or even respond to them because it's so far off. Yeah. <laughs> what we, exactly. <laughs> what we do and what we think now that yeah, do it's... Not, do not take Marianne's silence. No. As a Complicit okay. approval. <laughs> it's just shock. <laughs> yeah. That, um, that's, yeah. And the, yeah. And the same with the... Um, I'm just gobsmacked. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Marianne, for coming in. This has been very enlightening. No worries. Um, I'm sorry it was all wrong. <laughs> I'm glad it was all wrong. You know, we've, we've changed. Come a long way. Come a yeah. long way. It's yep. a sign of progress. Yep. Excellent. And thank you, Christina, for uh, sitting here feeling alert and alarmed. <laughs>